As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. On today's Fantasy Baseball 15, we'll consider Luke Weaver's appeal and some outfields in flux. Like death and taxes, Dodgers get a Dodger. I have That's not had uh, three co-brews uh, yet. It works great in a fantasy league. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15 on The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15 for Monday, April 12th. I'm Al Melchior, and with me here is Derek Van Riper and uh, DVR. We're going to go straight to a couple of Brewers injuries that uh, came up on Sunday against the Cardinals. Christian Yelich, this is the one that uh, obviously a lot of us are going to be paying attention to. Left the game early with a sore back. And then Travis Shaw, he fouled a pitch off of his ankle and was subsequently lifted from the game. So I would think with Shaw barring any further uh, information that that's that's a pretty easy swap to make with somebody on, on a lot of rosters but Christian Yelich how do we handle this yeah with Yelich I mean I am worried because he's had back issues before and the Brewers had a big lead but it was so early in the game when he left that it, it wasn't at the point where you would take somebody out if it was a just a nothing sort of injury so I could see him getting a day or possibly two off to begin the week if you got to make that call right away on Monday, that adds a layer of difficulty. And I think the Brewers, because of their outfield depth especially, can afford to wait a day or two on Yelich. You can put Jackie Bradley Jr. next to Lorenzo Cain and Avi Garcia, play those three guys in the outfield together, and get through a day or two without Yelich and hopefully get this to calm down. So barring an IL stint between now and lineup lock, I would keep him in my lineup even if we didn't see him on the lineup card to begin the week because even a partial week from Christian Yelich is probably better than a more complete week from most lesser players. Yeah, that is the way we usually roll with these kinds of uh, injuries that you know could be very minor, uh, hopefully is minor for uh, a top, top player. So uh, another injury that occurred on Sunday, Adrian Morahone left after just 15 pitches against the Rangers. And it's kind of a strange one, DBR, because the piece that was published on MLB.com, it didn't even mention the type of injury. And then a 
a tweet from the uh, Padres account termed it an elbow slash forearm strain. So leaving it pretty ambiguous, he will be further evaluated on Monday. So uh, certainly if you were counting on starting Marajon this week, uh, I don't think that's uh, something that you're going to be able to do. But in terms of a, a longer term picture, we're just going to have to wait on that one. Meanwhile, the Padres are going to need a starter on Friday against the Dodgers. So given the matchup, do we just not even worry? about uh, who might take that spot or is the possibility that maybe uh, it could be Denelson Lamette? Is that something that we we start to think about? Yeah, I think we start to think about that. I mean, if someone like Ryan Weathers gets a spot start last time out, he only went two innings in relief against the Rangers. So I imagine he'd be capped somewhere in the 40 to 45 pitch range. He's probably not getting much deeper than the third inning with a pitch count like that. Uh, if they threw an opener in front of someone like Ryan Weathers, I would definitely be interested. And if they were to go to the well and call up Mackenzie Gore, I'd be very interested in that. But there's no early indication yet as to whether or not Lamette is definitely ready or not ready to make that start. So I imagine he's probably their first choice to rejoin the rotation, health permitting. Yeah, and I'll tell you, I almost wasn't even going to to mention him because I hadn't seen anything recently about his timetable. But then uh, on Sunday, I did see this tweet from Marty Caswell, uh, a quote from Jace Tingler saying that Lamette's return, quote, will not be out of necessity, and I think we're getting close. So really a very mixed message there. But I would think that at least puts him into the into the picture. But yeah, still pretty ambiguous there. So we've got some other uh, outfielders, uh, in addition to Christian Yelich, uh, who are going to be out, but uh, obviously going to be uh, most likely a longer-term situation. Certainly with Dexter Fowler, a much, much longer-term situation. He has a torn ACL. He is uh, apparently out for the season. The timetable for him is six to nine months, so most likely that would even count him out for the uh, for the postseason. Uh, so I would say one thing that comes out of this is that if you are at all like I've been, maybe not rationally so, but worried about Jared Walsh's playing time, I think that this solidifies his everyday status for the Angels. Uh, I also did see one report that indicated that Juan Lagares will get more playing time. Even when that's happened for Lagares in the past, that's never really added up to much fantasy impact. But I think the question everybody's got is, does this maybe expedite the arrival of either Brandon Marsh or Joe Adele? Yeah, I mean, I think ultimately one of those guys will be the net winner here, even if short term it's a combination of Ligaris and Albert Pujols maybe playing a little bit more. I mean, with Pujols chasing some milestones, maybe the next couple of weeks uh, prior to the start of, of minor league games for Adele and Marsh, maybe Pujols helps bridge that gap a little bit. And then with Walsh in the outfield, first base is open for him. I, I think between Marsh and Adele, if they were going to call someone up immediately I think it would be Marsh just because of the swing and miss issues that we saw from Joe Adele during the shortened season uh, curious to see how they manage those two players as the season rolls along because the Angels are a team that certainly looks like they're built for the postseason but will they trade one of those young outfielders to get maybe an upgrade in the rotation to possibly bolster this roster yeah, something to think about and uh, certainly keep tabs on. And what you said uh, in terms of expecting Marsh to come up before Adele, that completely jives with what we heard from Fabia Ardaya during our team previews uh, earlier uh, this spring. So uh, that's uh, something maybe to, to think about if you're inclined to maybe uh, try to stash Adele first, that maybe we see Marsh first. And then uh, for the Cardinals, 
another situation here where we're going to have uh, maybe some new faces in the outfield there because Tyler O'Neill has gone on the injured list with a uh, strained groin. They've called up Lane Thomas and he was in the lineup on Sunday, but that was uh, against a lefty. Meanwhile, Austin Dean was also in the starting lineup. And I uh, put some bids on him in a, in a few different leagues, leagues, actually did pick him up in one. So this is somebody who kind of went nuts with home run power a couple years back when he was in the Marlins system. Hasn't really done a whole lot as a major leaguer, but I think he's he might go a little bit under the radar more than he necessarily should be going. Yeah, definitely some rabbit ball influence in the 2019 AAA numbers from Austin Dean, but 18 homers in 73 games is impressive even in that context. A 146 WRC+. And I think the thing that makes Austin Dean pretty interesting is that he's kept a low K rate pretty much everywhere he's played. And by low, I mean under 20% at most of his stops. He draws walks. He can run a little bit. The Cardinals are looking for answers. I think even before Tyler O'Neill was hurt, he opened the season in a slump, so that left the door open. Justin Williams hasn't taken advantage of the early playing time that he's been receiving. So if Austin Dean hits, I think there's a chance he could stick You know, even after Tyler O'Neill gets healthy. Yeah, so uh, it's an interesting situation. And another one, very, very interesting. Remember back when we were all really excited about Brent Honeywell? Uh, well, kind of a... You know, more low-key debut for him, but really, really impressive, uh, making his debut for the Rays, basically operating as an opener, but through two perfect innings, struck out Giancarlo Stanton and Glaber Torres. Really hard to have a better debut than that if you are limited to two innings. So what's your level of interest here? You know, I, I think in AL-only leagues, he's definitely on the radar. In deep mixed leagues or any sort of deep mixed league with a keeper element, especially he's back on the radar. I wonder how much they're going to stretch him out. You know, the short outing on Sunday is step one. Is it going to be eventually a case where Brent Honeywell goes five innings at a time? I mean, we're talking about a guy who's had a lot of arm injuries, last through pitches in games back in 2017, but he got up to 135 innings that year. I mean, this was a guy who was knocking on the door to join that Rays rotation before all the injuries piled up. So unless they're really worried about his long-term health in any sort of effort to fully stretch him out again, I'm kind of operating under the assumption that over his next couple of appearances, we're going to see him push up closer to the workload of a starter. And then if he falls a little short of that, are they going to throw an opener in front of him? If they put a short reliever in front of him and we can get wins from Brent Honeywell, even in three or four inning appearances, then I'm definitely interested in that scenario as well. So there's a few ways it could go right. The talent is legit. I mean, it's always been a really interesting profile. And with all the injuries that he's been through, it's hard not to root for him at this point. Yeah, certainly true. And just a note here that I don't think really has a whole lot of immediate relevance, but a couple of names maybe tuck away, especially in deeper leagues. The Yankees sent down Domingo Herman, and that could just be a move that they made because they don't need a fifth starter for a couple of weeks. But uh, there was a report from Brian Hoke of MLB.com where he said that if the Yankees at some point go to six starters, that both Davey Garcia and Michael King could be in that mix. So, again, we're talking about depth leagues there, but just an interesting note to tuck away. 
Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And uh, the big, big story from Sunday's games, outside from the uh, injuries that we've talked about, is Luke Weaver playing uh, around with a, a no-hitter into the seventh inning. Uh, he didn't make it past seven innings, but just gave up the one hit. And so I'm sure he's going to be very, very popular in uh, Fab, where uh, he's not already owned. He's got the Nationals in D.C. this coming Saturday, so not necessarily a, a great matchup. And just... A very inconsistent history overall for Luke Weaver. So does this change anything at all for you, DVR, in terms of your level of interest? Not really, because I I liked Weaver this draft season until I started looking more closely at Arizona's April schedule. And that's still a concern. You mentioned at the Nats coming up for his next one. The following week, he goes into Cincinnati. So a very Homer, happy ballpark there with a pretty tough matchup as well. I don't know if I want to throw him in either of those spots. So for some people out there in the first-come, first-serve leagues where he's still sitting out there on Monday morning, I would be careful about the types of leagues where I'm adding him because I don't trust him enough to use him in difficult matchups just yet, even though I think we're going to get to a point this season where he fits on a lot of 12- and 15-team rosters. All right. Well, let's just take a quick look at the week ahead here. There is the uh, Next Week in Baseball column that uh, I published uh, just before the weekend that's still up on The Athletic. Uh, that goes more into detail. But one of the things that was left sort of open-ended in that piece was talking about the Reds' rotation because at that point, Sonny Gray still had to make a sim start. It turns out the sim start went well. He felt well after the sim start, which is probably the even more important thing. So arguably, one of Jose De Leon, Jeff Hoffman, and Wade Miley could lose their spot in the rotation by this coming weekend. So is are you making any sorts of guesses, DVR, in terms of who might be impacted and who, who we should stay away from this week? You know, I think Miley is a little safer than the other two, not because he has a higher ceiling, but because he has a more stable floor. And I think that is sort of important when teams are making rotation decisions. They need someone that can give consistent length every fifth day. And I think Miley is more likely to give you five innings in any given start than either one of Hoffman or De Leon, even though those guys can both bring some pretty intriguing swing and miss stuff to the table. I mean, even in a bad start on Sunday, Jose De Leon had 18 swings and misses. I wonder, though, if the optimal usage for him or Hoffman is actually a multi-inning relief role, and if you know one of those guys is going to end up in the pen sooner rather than later, maybe it's just sort of an ongoing audition with De Leon having, I think, the slightly worse of the two more recent starts, I guess that would probably make him the most likely candidate to go to the bullpen. Just another note there that Wade Miley, he is definitely getting a start on Monday at San Francisco. And uh, I agree with you, DVR, that I think his job is safe. That would then line him up for a second start this week. So uh, something to consider there. And a lot to consider on the Monday slate. Probably the best batch of potential potential streamers that we've seen so far this year. Uh, so I'm just going to rattle off some names, DVR, and tell me who maybe interests you the most out of this group. Jay Happ against the Red Sox. 
Justice Sheffield at Baltimore, Adbert Alzale against uh, the Brewers, uh, who are going with Freddie Peralta, who could potentially be a streamer as well. Uh, Alex Cobb at the Royals. Carlos Rodon against Cleveland and Tristan McKenzie. So another name to consider there. And the aforementioned Wade Miley going toe to toe with Aaron Sanchez in the uh, Reds Giants matchup. So several names there to think about. Yeah, Rodon, I think, brings a lot of strikeout ceiling, like we're seeing from him very early on here. So I think he'd probably come in first out of this group for me. Miley's actually second. I don't think that Giants lineup is anything to fear. I like that the game is at Oracle Park as opposed to being in Cincinnati. And then I would say Dean Kramer, who's on the other side of that Justice Sheffield streaming opportunity in Baltimore. Dean Kramer's actually one of the deeper league guys that I took a chance on for a two-start week. So I think he's actually streamable especially if you're in first come first serve you can use them against seattle and not necessarily have to absorb the second start of the week if you don't like what you see all right good stuff lots of options there to think about so we'll let you think about that and wrap up this episode of fantasy baseball in 15 if you're enjoying this podcast on a platform that lets you leave a rating and a review we always really do appreciate it when you take the time to do that for Derek van riper i'm al melker we'll be right back here on tuesday